Hello world, this is Roger Corvale and this is For the Hope. Here we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Happy Friday the 13th, always my lucky day. True story, and I always look forward to it in a fun sort of way. But I hope it's your lucky day too. And what does that have to do with reading the Bible? Well, we'll get to that in our closing reflection today. Hey, Hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Listener Motivated Daily Audio Bible, where we read through every word of God's revelation of himself and consider our own life and work stories in light of that, including the fact that I've been playing with Fridays kind of being a family day. And today I just want to thank you. Just thank you. You have no idea what it means to me to get to do this every day. And while I see the download numbers and knowing that you're listening, I also thank you to those who send a little note along the way. I want to give a shout out to the top nine countries outside of the U.S. who are listening. Norway, Canada, U.K., Singapore, China, Australia, South Africa, Russia, and Sweden. And thank you for being on the journey with me. I actually pray for you. I really do. Including that today you will see God and that not that not just a God of something that happened way in the past. And again, we'll come back to that in our closing reflection segment today. In our New Testament segment, John is the presumed writer of the book of John, but he never actually identifies himself. But remember that This is a different John than John the Baptizer or John the Baptist who enters the narrative today. And as we heard yesterday, John kicked off with a whole lot of theology, asserting that Jesus is both eternally God and even the creator who then came in the flesh. But now John establishes that Jesus, John the writer, establishes that Jesus is also the fulfillment of God's promise long ago. John chapter 1, picking up in verse 19. And remember, this is John talking about John the Baptist here. This was John's testimony when the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, Who are you? He didn't deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. What then? they asked him. Are you Elijah? I am not, he said. Are you the prophet? No, he answered. Who are you then? They asked. We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What can you tell us about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Just as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. So they asked him, Why then do you baptize if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet? I baptize with water, John answered them. Someone stands among you, but you don't know him. He's the one coming after me, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to untie. All this happened in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. And that gets us up through verse 28, which is about the shortest New Testament segment I think we've ever had here in 1700 plus episodes. But that quote from John the Baptist is a big deal for you and me. 
And again, we'll come back to that. So turning to our Old Testament passage, today we get to a favorite of mine, one of those gems buried in the narrative of various kings and their, their ups and their you know foibles, their downs. And you will have to forgive me in advance if I laugh out loud because we're keeping it real around here and that's something that happens. I'm just, warn- <laughs> I'm just warning you. Hey, let's just get into it and you will figure it out along the way. This is Second Chronicles, picking up in chapter 17. And King Asa has just died. His son Jehoshaphat became king in his place, and he strengthened himself against Israel. He stationed troops in every fortified city of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the lands of Ephraim that his father Asa had captured. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked by his commands, not according to the practices of Israel. Remember, the northern kingdom of Israel. So the Lord established the kingdom in his hand. Then all Judah brought him tribute, and he had riches and honor in abundance. He took great pride in the Lord's ways, and he again removed the high places and Asherah poles from Judah. In the third year of his reign, Jehoshaphat sent his officials, Ben-Hael, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nethanel, and Micaiah, to teach in the cities of Judah. (laughs) I love that. He sent these dudes to teach in the cities of Judah. The Levites with them were Shemaiah, Nethaniah, Zebediah, Asahel, Shemiramoth, Jehonathan, Adonijah, Tobijah, and Tob-Adonijah. The priests, Elishama and Jehoram, were with these Levites. They taught throughout Judah, having the book of the Lord's instruction with them. They went throughout the towns of Judah and taught the people. The terror of the Lord was on all the kingdoms of the lands that surrounded Judah, so they didn't fight against Jehoshaphat. Some of the Philistines also brought gifts of and silver as tribute to Jehoshaphat, and the Arabs brought him flocks, 7,700 rams and 7,700 male goats. Jehoshaphat grew stronger and stronger. He built fortresses and storage cities in Judah and carried out great works in the towns of Judah. He had fighting men, valiant warriors in Jerusalem. These are their numbers according to their ancestral families. For Judah, the commanders of thousands were Adna the commander and 300,000 valiant warriors with him. Next to him, Jehoanan, the commander and 280,000 with him. Next to him, Amasiah, son of Zikri the volunteer of the Lord. Don't know why it says that, but that's kind of a cool way to be called out. The volunteer of the Lord and 200,000 valiant warriors with him. From Benjamin, Eliada, a valiant warrior and 200,000 with him, armed with bow and shield. Next to him, Jehazabad and 180,000 with him, equipped for war. These were the ones who served the king, besides those he stationed in the fortified cities throughout all Judah. All right. So far, so good, right? Buckle up. Now, Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance, and he made an alliance with Ahab through marriage. This is Ahab, king of the northern kingdom of Israel, also called Samaria. Ready? And he made an alliance with Ahab through marriage. Then, after some years, he went down to visit Ahab in Samaria, Ahab slaughtered many sheep, goats, and cattle for him and the people who were with him, and he persuaded him to attack Ramoth-Gilead. 
For Israel's king Ahab asked Judah's king Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to Ramoth-Gilead? He replied to him, I am as you are, my people as your people. We will be with you in battle. But Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, First, please ask what the Lord's will is. So the king of Israel gathered the prophets, 400 men, and asked them, Should we go to Ramoth-Gilead for war, or should I refrain? And they replied, March up, and God will hand it over to the king. But Jehoshaphat asked, Isn't there a prophet of the Lord here somewhere? Let's ask him. The king of Israel... <laughs> Sorry. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is still one man who can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies good about me, but only disaster. He is Micaiah, son of Imlah. The king shouldn't say that, Jehoshaphat replied. So the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hurry and get Micaiah, son of Imlah. Now the king of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah, clothed in royal attire, were each sitting on his own throne. They were sitting on the threshing floor at the entrance to Samaria's gate, and all the prophets were prophesying in front of them. Then Zedekiah, son of Shana'anah, made iron horns and said, This is what the Lord says. You will gore the Arameans with these until they are finished off. And all the prophets were prophesying the same, saying, March up to Ramoth-Gilead and succeed, for the Lord will hand it over to the king. The messenger who went to call Micaiah instructed him, Look, the words of the prophets are unanimously favorable toward the king. So let your words be like theirs and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As the Lord lives, I will say whatever my God says. So he went to the king, and the king asked him, Micaiah, should we go to Ramoth-Gilead for war, or should I refrain? Micaiah said, March up and succeed, for they will be handed over to you. But the king said said to him, How many times must I make you swear not to tell me anything but the truth in the name of the Lord? So Micaiah said, I saw all all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, They have no master. Let each return home in peace. So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you that he never prophesies good about me, but only disaster? Then Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and the whole heavenly army was standing at his right hand and at his left hand. And the Lord said, Who will entice King Ahab of Israel to march up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? So one was saying this, and another was saying that. And then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. And the Lord asked him, How? So he said, I will go and become a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Then he said, You will entice him and also prevail. Go. And do that. Now you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit into the mouth of these prophets of yours, and the Lord has pronounced disaster against you. Then Zedekiah, son of Shana'anah, came up and hit Micaiah on the cheek and demanded, Which way did that spirit from the Lord leave me to speak to you? Micaiah replied, You will soon see 
when you go to hide in an inner chamber on that day. Then the king of Israel ordered, Take Micaiah and return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, say this, This is what the king says, Put this guy in prison and feed him only a little bread and water until I come back safely. But Micaiah said, If you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. And then he said, Listen, all you people. Then the king of Israel and Judah's king Jehoshaphat went up to Ramoth Gilead. But the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and, and go into battle, but you wear your royal attire. So the king of Israel disguised himself, and they went into battle. Now, remember, the king of Israel is, is Ahab, the guy with all the lying prophets, right? So he has disguised himself. Now we go. Now the king of Aram had ordered his chariot commanders, don't fight with anyone at all except the king of Israel. When the chariot commander saw Jehoshaphat, they shouted, he must be the king of Israel. So they turned to attack him. But Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him. God drew them away from him. And when the chariot commander saw that he was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. But a man drew his bow without, without taking special aim and struck the king of Israel through the joints of his armor. So he said to his charioteer, Turn around and take me out of the battle, for I am badly wounded. The battle raged throughout that day, and the king of Israel propped himself up in his chariot, facing the Arameans until evening, and then he died at sunset. King Jehoshaphat of Judah returned to his home in Jerusalem in peace. Then Jehu, son of the seer Hanani, went out to confront him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Do you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Because of this, the Lord's wrath is on you. However, some good is found in you, for you have eradicated the Asherah poles from the land and have determined in your heart to seek God. And I'm going to just wrap her up right there. We will get back to the next chunk of the story of Jehoshaphat. Um tomorrow well, that makes me think of something um, one of my pastors said last night in a men's bible study spoken speaking speaking about a, a theologian that i i actually don't know well um we just talked about how we can't go do anything perfectly and with perfect motives so go sin boldly and i'll just let that sit with you just go in the name of the lord and uh, it won't be perfect, but God can work through you, even if you're a mess. Um, which is good news, because, you know, I'm kind of imperfect, and hopefully God will uh, bypass me and speak to you <laughs> through his word here. All right, for our wisdom segment today, Proverbs picking up in chapter 24, starting at verse 1. Don't envy the evil or to desire to be with them. For their hearts plan violence, and their words stir up trouble. A house is built by wisdom, and it is established by understanding. By knowledge the rooms are filled with every precious and beautiful treasure. A wise warrior is better than a strong one, and a man of knowledge better than one of strength. For you should wage war with sound guidance. Victory 
comes with many counselors. Wisdom is inaccessible to a fool. He does not open his mouth at the city gate. The one who plots evil will be called a schemer. A foolish scheme is sin, and a mocker is detestable to people. If you do nothing in a difficult time, your strength is limited. Rescue those being taken off to death and save those stumbling towards slaughter. If you say, we didn't know about this, won't he who weighs hearts consider it? Won't he who protects your life know? Won't he repay a person according to his work? And I didn't even plan that. But that gets us up through verse 12 and let's close our Friday reflection here it's Friday the 13th and it is your lucky day and of course luck is the wrong word for it but I trust you know what I mean but but here's the good stuff so go back to our first New Testament segment right here's John the Baptist and out come the priests and Levites and remember these visitors would be the ones schooled in the Bible Right? These are priests and Levites and sent by the Pharisees. And then John the Baptist quotes them from the book of Isaiah. And he says, because they like, are you the prophet? Are you the Messiah? And he goes, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Now, notice two things. Uh, that comes from Isaiah chapter 40. One, John the Baptist had just said, this guy's among you and you don't know him, right? In other ways, in other words, you don't know your Bible. And the other thing is, uh, is that it's useful to remember that quoting part of something uh, in the Hebrew culture would bring to remembrance, if not allude to the rest of what that was, right? Quoting a, a verse out of a Psalm uh, would be like saying the whole Psalm in a way, right? So, this quote would have brought to remembrance that whole section of scripture where that came from. And this was important to John the writer because he even makes it a point to point out to his readers just in case that they didn't recognize that that quote from, came from Isaiah. Now, if you want bonus points, you could go read Isaiah 40, 1 through 11. But here's a summary. Remember that in the first 39 books of Isaiah, um, it speaks to God's sovereignty, humanity's sinfulness, and God's judgment and grace. And then chapter 40 kind of takes a, a turn to the, a very different part of the second part of Isaiah and begins speaking of comfort to the, those who are in exile. Comfort being found in God's coming, his exclusivity and his power, right? So God is coming He's coming exclusively as God in power. And who's John the Baptist pointing out is among them, but they don't know who he is? Yeah. More specifically, the section that John the Baptizer's quote uh, came from would have sparked for them that John the Baptist was saying that the divine shepherd revealing is going to reveal his glory and has now revealed his glory by fulfilling the promises of his eternal word and thereby comforting his people. Jesus is the dude. So here are a couple verses from that section. 
verse 5, Isaiah 45, verse 5, and the glory of the Lord will appear and all humanity together will see it for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Skipping ahead to verse 9, part of the way through verse 9, raise your voice loudly, raise it, don't be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with strength and his power establishes his rule. His wages, meaning his justice, are with him and his reward accompanies him. He protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them in the fold of his garment. He gently leads those that are nursing. My friends, paraphrasing uh, Trent Butler, here's how he puts it. And this is where it touches down for us. Darkness enters every person's life, right? Whether you're in exile or just suffering in some way or dealing with some income poop at the office. And sometimes we don't see a way out of the situation that we face. And God sometimes seems like a distant reality from this other lifetime, especially in these weird Old Testament passages and with no connection to what's happening now. But when that time comes, Isaiah's word is for all of us. And of course, then in the New Testament, John's word is for all of us. My friends, this same Jesus is alive, not just in eternity past, not even just at the time of John the Baptist, but right now. And when you're tired, ask God for strength to continue serving. When you're tired, when you're suffering, when you feel like you're in exile, give him your fears. Ask him for his help to trust him. He'll actually help you trust in a, you know, I believe, help my unbelief, right? Trust him even when you're suffering or feeling like you're this exile. My friends, this is the Jesus that John the Baptist was proclaiming, that he was proclaiming was prophesied 600 years earlier through the lips of Isaiah. And this is the Jesus that loves you, predicted in the scriptures that Jesus told you to read, who were... who Jesus told you uh, are the very words of God, who loves you like a good, good father. I love you. Amen. That's some good happy Friday the 13th as far as I'm concerned, no? (laughs) Amen.